Hello everybody and welcome back to the issue, uh, the comic book podcast that gets to know you through the issues that you love. Uh, my name is Matt Loon and I'm your host and joining me is my co-host with the co-most, it's Mr. Wes Messer. Wes, you're back. I'm back, I'm alive. This, hey. this, 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 this year's been not been trying to kill me, but by golly, <laughs> I, I'm surviving yet. Yeah, I know exactly how you feel. Like uh, we were just saying before we started recording that we've uh, neither of us have been very well uh, for the entirety of January so far. Uh, so 2018 is off to a great start for uh, for both of us. It, it, it's like it's funny because we're we're playing like basis like since this show's kind of like a talk comic slash catch up episodes. Like I didn't start writing for graphic policy recently, and I'm and and it's like right now I'm sort of like okay, I I might. I've been up and down, so oh, oh, goody, this is this is lovely. I'm, <laughs> it's like my focus is like not anywhere right now. So, so, so it's but so it's like wow. But I've been I've been but now that I'm starting to feel a little bit better-ish, and it's like I'm I'm now catching up on some reading. Like, like it's because I know you've been catching up on like what because I know I because I just finished like I am. Y'all are gonna have fun with me here because I am behind a sin right now. I probably probably Matt Matt's probably more up up to date than I am at the moment. But it's well, I I fully admit like I am behind. Yeah, like I'm, I'm a little caught up. But um, I mean that's for for those listening. This is what this episode is going to be really um, a catch up in a couple of ways really because me and Wes haven't spoken since um, well since our. I think but November, maybe, maybe December. Yeah, um, well, we've uh, spoken. Well, yeah, we've spoken. We, we are um, messenger, but it's not like, but like for an actual podcasty like yeah. chat box, bloody da. Yeah, so we'll be catching up uh, on uh, on everything uh, was in that, but then we'll also be um, talking about some of the new comics that have been coming out, um, what we've been reading, what we've been catching up on. Um, and just trying to um, get ourselves up to speed. Um, the second half of this episode is going to be uh, the continuation of uh, my chat with Paul uh, from his show Comic Syllabus. Um, so um, if you haven't listened to the first half of that, uh, go and listen to um, the uh, latest Comic Syllabus episode um, from uh, from last Tuesday that went live on multiversitycomics.com. Uh, we are also live on multiversitycomics.com, um, so you can check us out there and the previous episode uh, rebirth uh, episode one that i did um two weeks ago uh where you can hear some of our best bits as well uh, but moving forward then um we have got um a, a show to get on with and um let's talk about some of the issues then because i have um i've been reading some things i have weirdly i've been um reading mostly uh star wars novels weirdly um because really? uh, yeah i've i love um star trek novels um so uh star trek i've been reading i've been a fan of star trek a lot longer than i've been a fan of star wars as well so i grew up with star trek um and um read like always used to read all their novels and get got back into reading star trek novels especially the ones that are kind of set after the films and tv shows have ended 
Um, and then um, someone that um, I know, uh, Lauren Galloway, she recommended um, the new canon Star Wars novels. Um, and she's got um, an article that I'll link in the show notes that uh, went up. And um, she listed the chronological or the reading order for these novels that fit in with the comics and the movies. Um, and so I started reading uh, the Aftermath trilogy. Oh, yeah. Which How is, is uh, Yeah. It's really good. I've uh, I finished the first novel and it's uh, it's I'm um, halfway well about um a quarter of the way through um the second one. And uh, these are um three novels that are set after the Return of the Jedi movie um and it's um, kind of immediately in the months following uh, so far anyway. Um and they detail the um, the last remnants of the Empire. So the Empire wasn't completely destroyed with the second Death Star. Turns out there's like, you know, a lot of business going on with a massive intergalactic Imperial force. Um, yeah, and so it's it's really interesting. It doesn't deep dive into the politics, but it kind of looks at some of the remaining admirals and, and grand moffs and looks and goes right well what are they going to be doing what are they going to do to try and consolidate power um and this the trilogy uh you know no spoilers because I, I i know it and i'm not spoiled by it but um if you are trying to go in blind then ignore this for the next few minutes um the the fi- finale of the trilogy um ends with a huge kind of standoff between the what remains of the empire and the new republic um and they battle it out over jakku um, and so at the beginning of The Force Awakens, when you see uh, Rey kind of raiding Star Destroyers and at- living in an Atat, those are what's left of this grand battle. Um, so it's interesting to, yeah, it's interesting to get a, a, a trilogy of books that kind of, um, that spans that gap in, in such an interesting way. And there's plenty of other novels out there. Um, and there's plenty of like legacy stuff. Like I, I love the idea of diving into the new canon, but uh you know, canon and continuity should never really get in the way of your enjoyment. So there's uh, there's plenty of old Star Wars novels to dive into. Tons as well. of them. I definitely, can, uh, yeah, definitely recommend those. Any used bookstore across America, any bookstore across the world probably has at least a bunch of old Star <laughs> yeah. Wars novels you can just grab, grabbing. Oh, like, yeah. it's like dozens, if not hundreds, dozens. absolutely. And, I, and from those, like I was, I've never read any. Uh, I've read all, like oh, well, not all. I've read a lot of the original kind of Dark Horse comics mm-hmm. and even some of the old Marvel comics, uh, but I've never read a like an old um, or a Legends Star Wars novel before. Um, and so I was like, kind of flicking through Wikipedia or Wikipedia and like having a look at all the different um, everything that happened in that Legends series oh. to Luke and Leia, and it's interesting. And I can. While I loved Last Jedi and I thought it was uh, brilliant and I thought it was fascinating, I thought it was quite a brave decision as well for, or a lot of brave decisions for the characters. Um, I can kind of understand if there are fans that have grown up reading all these legacy novels and have, have grown up with a certain um, understanding of what happened to Luke, um, I can understand them being upset with Last Jedi just because it's very different and it's very. It's such a fall from grace for him compared to what he uh, rose to in the um, in the books. Yeah. Um, and so I'm interested, like in the months and kind of probably years to come, me kind of diving back into those books and reading through those legacy stuff and um, and seeing. Or is it legacy or is it legends? I can't remember. I think it's. I think they call it legends. I mean, yeah. Legends. That's what yeah, Disney yeah, has. Sorry. That's what the Disney Star Wars people have it listed now as uh, Star Wars Legends. 
That's it, yeah. So I, I, I'll dive back into them, but because they're not in continuity, they're <laughs> stricken from the continuity record. But it's like, yeah, still available for you to read if you want them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're not dead to us, you know. I think there's a lot of quality work out there, so I think it deserves to, you know, kind of continue on in some fashion. But, um, but yeah, so that's kind of what I've been reading. I have been reading comics as well. Um, but um, what have you been? Um, what have you I, been doing? What have you I, been reading? I'll tell you what I'm gonna be like right now. I've been. It's my stuff's been random. It's like I'm. I'm right now. Y'all gonna think I'm crazy. Like your people are going to be thinking, Wes, you're nuts. I told Matt this is like I've been I've talked about a little bits and pieces, but I've been kind of slowly working on this. Um, the, the, the one of the most reviled runs in X Men history was Chuck Austin's Uncanny X Men run, and yeah, yeah. I've been actually working on an idea to give a positive. The like, there's got to be some positives to it. So I'm going to do a positive look at the at Chuck Austin's X-Men run. So mm-hmm. I've been reading it right now here and there. It's better. It's, it's kind of weird. Like give hints like what I'm going to be kind of dealing with here. Because I actually am working on it very slowly. But when mm-hmm. it's kind of like once some of the massive crap of it hit me, I just went. Bleh. But it. I guess that sound effect here, kids. That, that's described me the past <laughs> that couple weeks. That doesn't sound like but, a positive spin on these comics. No, 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 no. no that's that's been my relating my how I felt the past couple weeks. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. But that, but the runs actually, it's not. I don't know. It's it's weird for me to convey. Like, there's parts of it I like, and it's but it's very much it. It is a little clunkyery too. I mean, it's not boring, but it definitely has a weird clunkiness. It's I don't know. It's really Austin was a really weird writer. Mm-hmm. It's one of those writers that you just go only in the thousands could he have popped up the way he did because that that was some odd writing he pulled off at from time to time in those books. I mean, it's. So I, I think someone said, I think some, I think I've read, I think someone said, I can't remember if someone said it to me or said it to Ike, but it's someone that's compared mm-hmm. to like Brett Ratner, like he'll get the job oh, done, but it's yeah. not, so but it's like not going to be X-Men um, three kind of thing. That's, like, that's the level of X-Men comics you're, yeah, you're diving like, into. Yeah, like, yeah, I can specifically say, yeah, it's like more to come, but it's definitely been, but, but Hey, Ron Garney's art's cool. And there's a cool some mm-hmm. Sean Phillips art in there. So and Kia Asamiya pops up and and part in the run too. So it's like a lot of cool artists are going to be popping up in here. It's just going to be the writing's probably going to be a ride and a half. And I know what I and I kind of know yeah. bits and pieces well, what I'm in for. Well, for but those that don't know, what kind of era of X Men comics are we talking about? It's it's about thousands. It's just it's just following Joe Casey's run. Right. Okay. So that's like early two thousands, is it? Early two thousands, following the Morrison Casey stuff, and mm. and then it's sort of like, and then after Casey left, then Austin took over right after Casey left. Okay. Is that so? That's is that the new X Men series, or did it change back to X Men at that point? It, it it became. I think it was. It was. It was still. It was. He, he took over on Canny. Ah. Uh, okay. Right. And then I can't remember who took over X Men after after Morrison, and then because it was still new X Men for a bit, and then. And then eventually after Austin was either wrapping up his uncanny X-Men stuff or wrapped up his uncanny X-Men, then he ended up switching over to the adjectivalist, the adjectivalist X-Men run right after, right after the, um, after he finished up his uncanny X-Men stuff. If I'm getting anything wrong, guys, I'm I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out the Austin timeline for this book. So (laughs) bear with me, (laughs) kids. 
that's going to be part of the um, the enjoyment of reading your, uh, you know, I imagine series of articles really about um, about this room because it's like you you need to, you know, I think the the thing I find most fascinating is kind of contextualizing it, so putting it in the, you know, putting it in the era and then looking at it and going right, well, you know this is bad or this is better than I thought or, you know, this is worse than I thought. But exactly. what else was going on around it? You know, what where did it, what did it come before? What did it come after? And it's it's interesting. And the weird part, and also the, the other interesting part, is like I've also been kind of, here's the other bad thing. I've is, See, the, the, curse of, the, the curse of me, and I swear to have people going like, yeah, well, you, you sort of have a habit of getting yourself into about 5,000 different ideas and not figuring out which one to focus into. And it's like, I know, believe me. The comics fan writer, like we all do that. And but that's my blessing and my curse. I get I get a lot of ideas, and it's like I can't figure out what to focus <laughs> on. But it's but I'm I'm also working on a thing where I've been wanting to, like, someone oh someone I can't I it was actually um Matt it was actually um Mags Vixax uh, oh yeah Mag Magda, Mag uh, Mag Magdalene Visaggio. Uh, she mentioned that she's like, I like to see people talk about like nineties comics and put it into like a different context, like actually like a context of, you know what? Most of that stuff really wasn't as bad as what you think it would be. And I happen to have a lot of nineties stuff. I have found a lot of the way I'm thinking, huh? I, and I just went, Oh damn it. Wes. Yeah. Damn it. Wes. <laughs> do you really need another project? Wes? You like, I, I like, cause I want to do a thing on like, I, I want to do like an, I think on nineties books and like extreme comics in particular, because the extreme studios books fascinate me for some weird reason. Hmm. And, and like the Rob Liefeld studio books yeah, yeah. and any 90 books in general fascinate me. But, and, and then I also want to do a thing on exiles because I've been re-sparking the exiles. Thanks to, thanks to, thanks to the announcement of the new series, which looks really cool. And it looks yeah, so yeah. much fun. There's a, yeah, and, so the new X new XR series is coming out. And what was the so what was the concept of the original XR series? The original XR series was based was was different people from from different from different like Earths timelines stuff of that nature. All and then they were they were and then pretty much they got it's sort of it's very it's very much like it's kind of like sliders. Do you remember the series sliders, Matt? Yeah, I remember sliders. Yeah. Okay, cool. Basically, it's like sliders in the Marvel universe. Only, only they, only what's interesting is, it's like, as they got brought into this team, they were also sort of like, they brought, got brought here because, but they were sort of like caught in like an unexpected circumstance. So like, say like one member was supposed to go on and, and have like become this like great superhero, but then suddenly something glitched up in their timeline and now they're sent there because of this freak glitch up in their timeline. So they get their timeline back on track they have to do this like exiles thing for a little bit. Okay. And then when their job and their mission is done, then they can go back to their own universe again and resume their life as it, as they were. So it's kind of a but, cross between sliders and quantum leap. Yeah, actually. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. that's so they jump apt. across dimensions or jump across timelines and then they try and write what went wrong <laughs> in order it's to get back trippy. home. That's cool. And then very, we'll see uh, I mean, um, it's going to be a lot like that as well. That's what it seemed like. That's what they're. That's what it's going for. And I'm very excited by that because I mean they're going to have like a cartoon Wolverine. Which Lord help me, I got to do some fun cuts because you were like, "What the hell is a cartoon Wolverine doing there?" Yeah, and, I'm excited for and, cartoon Wolverine. And people, I'm like, dude, it's like this is the most bonkers 
beautiful idea i've seen i've seen them doing you in ages and then you have like tessa thompson's valkyrie from thor ragnarok popping up yeah yeah and, and i'm like that is so neat yeah and yeah. i mean there's some i i think it's probably one of the cool so yeah can you speak more to write about exo it's kind of weird right now like i'm i'm like keeping it like right now i'm like in like current books of like i've got current books i'm kind of slowly but surely catching back up it, it's like like there's right now you know what i want i actually i said this on twitter i'm actually making almost like a point to uh check out other companies this year too like i want to dive more in the vault like vault cool. sort of like one of my focused companies of this year because i really and that's mm. and that's not just because one of like not just because dennis is was a Dennis was a cool, was a very cool dude and yeah, yeah. got me hooked to the Maxwell's demons. I probably would yeah. have gotten the vault either way, but that's incentive because Dennis is a really cool dude and I really like Maxwell's demons. So it's like, you know what? I'm going to dive further in the vault now because yeah, like Dennis camp, I, I picked um, a part of his interview that we did with him um, and put that on the best of show. Um, so if you guys at home want to listen to uh, Dennis talking up Maxwell's demons, which is uh, his vault comic series, um, with uh, is it um, a story of Tony and Aditya Bidikar? Um, yeah. I think that's them, unless I'm thinking of Paradiso. Um, no, so you can um, you can uh, pick up Maxwell's Demons um, from Vault Comics, and issue two is coming out um, the end of this month, actually. January thirty first. Yeah, January thirty first. So you can definitely keep catch up with that. And I, I agree with you. I think Vault Comics is um, is definitely the one to watch this year. Um, I think they've got some comics. The cult. The cult. The cult comics line they're doing, the uh, cult cult classics line, thing, the yes. like kind of like a horror based sort of universe. I'm like, ooh, yeah, that's I'm true. intrigued. Yeah, definitely. And I just like that there's new, there's new, there's new uh, like uh, comics companies out there trying things. You know, like Valiant's in the midst of trying out some stuff right now. I mean, and then you have Aftershocks doing an anthology series coming up here, mm-hmm. and. And all these companies have something kind of interesting happening. I'm kind of, and like Dark Horse is working, is doing like a, is doing, is doing like, is doing like a a different line of books right now because they're in the midst of about to lose like a potentially a lot of licenses soon. Yeah. And, and then you have like, and then you have like, um, IDW trying out stuff right now. And, so yeah, it's very interesting. This 2018 is going to be a year for comics. I'm going to be fascinated to see just what in the world like is going to be because that's why I'm so fascinated by like what I'm going to be discovering here. Mm-hmm. And I still have stuff from like 2017. <laughs> 20, yeah, yeah. Like, um, you you you're all going to have fun giving me a heart. It's like <laughs> it's like Wes, how behind are you? You don't even want to know. Like I, it, it's sort of like it is hard. It is hard catching it's up the, with stuff. It. I actually told. I actually have. I, I've said it on Twitter many. Like I've said it many times in many different things. But when you read comics, you will have a. You will always have a backlog, no matter what. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Yep. You're going to have a backlog, and yeah. Now it's been funny. I've now the one thing I've been doing a lot of. I've been also watch. I've been also watching a lot of stuff lately. Like I, I finally finished Punisher. Oh, cool. What do you think of that? I like. Did you re- did you finish Punisher? No, I'm still. Uh, I don't think I've watched any more. I think I've watched the first three or four episodes, um, but then I've kind of drifted. Like, because Star Trek Discovery's come back, um, and I've started watching The Gifted, um, which we can talk about in a minute. But um, oh, but yeah, Punisher. So you f- you finished the series? Did it end on? A I like Punisher. 
I really like Punisher. It was funny. It was the it was the one show out of the Marvel stuff that had like probably the most consistent like pacing for me. Some people probably might disagree with me, but I actually thought Punisher had the most consistent pacing hmm. out of all the shows. They didn't have like it didn't have like a like a good first half and a weak second half, or a, or or a wor- of a weak or a strong or a weak first half and a strong stronger second half, or. And it's like this one of the shows that had that sort of, ooh, it's consistent. Mm-hmm. It actually has, it actually is consistent. It has a a genuine flow to it. I dig that. And and also, I mean, I noticed you said you mentioned watching The Gifted. Yes, yeah. And ah, Gifted is probably one of my favorite shows of the season. I'm this fall, of like the fall season, that show was like one of the shows I really got hooked into. It's crazy because I was not, um, I was not expecting to enjoy it, but then I've heard like, I know that you've enjoyed it. I've heard like many things from people on the internet say that they enjoy it. And so I thought, you know what? It's on, um, it's on catch up over here on my, on my kind of uh, player. So I thought, right, I'll, um, I'll dive into it and see, uh, and see what all the fuss is about. And, um, you know, because obviously X-Men is still, you know, great. So you, I'll still be able to kind of recognize some of the characters and things. But I think I, I think I really love the fact that they have an interesting mix between new characters and old characters. And I always find sometimes there are some shows that kind of drop the ball with that sometimes by, you know, I think there's a lot of shows where, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was like this for the first couple of seasons where it's like, I want to see characters that I know. I want to see kind of like villains or heroes that I recognize. You know, I want um, I want there to be superheroes that I know because at that point it was still part of the shared universe a lot more fully than it is now. Um, and so, you know, with Gifted, I kind of watched it thinking, oh, right, it's going to be good, but are they going to really... Are they really going to go into X-Men that much? But immediately they talk about the fact that the X-Men exists in their world, but they've just gone missing. Um, and the Brotherhood of Mutants have mm-hmm. gone missing. And I, I'm only three... Off. I don't think I'm on episode five, so I think I'm five episodes in. So I don't, I don't okay. fully know what's happened there. I don't know if you do find out or not, but um, it's um, it's been great to kind of follow along. And there's like Polaris, and um, you know, the, the Strucker name is like part of like the main family, which is really strange because you kind of think, well, that has associations <laughs> with like Baron Strucker and like the Avengers movies and stuff, and obviously the old X Men villain. Uh, the old Avengers villain, so it's kind of like weird to to have that being thrown into the mix, but it's really good to um to kind of see Blink and Thunderbird and all that stuff. So I'm really enjoying it. I I really like it, and I I told you I told you little bits and pieces of what to expect, but I was trying not to spoil it for you. Like no no no, like you don't understand. It gets really crazy what they start. Like <laughs> yeah. it's sort of like when they hit the mid season finale, and suddenly you're just going, they're doing what? Yes, 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 yeah. And it gets like. They go, it's like, what I dig about it is, it's like, it's just kind of going for it. And it's, and like the, and the season finale just hit here and it was like a two hour like event. And I was like, oh, this is so freaking neat because it's, it's kind of interesting because I'm familiar because it's the person who created, who um, does does a show for Fox, um, Matt Nix, he worked on a burn notice and did you ever watch burn notice? No, I didn't actually. No, it did look good though. It's a yes, I know. It's a crime of the week show, mystery thing. Nah, 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 nah. Like <laughs> no, it's fun and it's it's a fun action show that kept me entertained week to week. And it was just and it's like done in one Wonderland. And Matt Nix uses a lot of the stuff from that show, like because Nix, it the the people who like the people who work on the show are very good at conveying like like 
getting you hooked in the characters, good good action, strong action, fun stuff, and then getting you invested into the whole thing. And and it's and it's like they do and gives it does that really well. And also a lot of like people who've worked on Burn Notice at one point or another end up on this show. It's like like the season finale is directed by one by one of the guys who uh like one of the people who does a like a oh I can't remember the first name but the one person who does a, did a lot of burn notice directs the season finale and it's like yeah mm. and also it was sort of funny because the same person also directed the Punisher la- the Punisher's last episode on Netflix and oh, season crazy. finale on Netflix and I and I was laughing I'm going this is really actually very funny but <laughs> it's but yeah I mean and also. But it's really funny because I, 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 it's like lately I've been catching up on a lot of really written TV. It's like, like I've been like all the CW stuff is, is returning, is coming back, has come back now. Mm-hmm. And I actually just, cause, cause you, cause Black Lightning, Lightning hasn't aired the, in uh, the UK yet. No, it is coming. Uh, I think it's coming to Netflix in the next week or so, actually. It might even be, um, as we record this, like tomorrow, so the 23rd. Um, so it might be, it might be going up then, but I'm going to check Netflix, um, in the morning, um, and see what, cool. tell, um, and see if it's on or not. I definitely want you to tell, I mean, we might either, we'll just, we'll discuss it on messenger and then we'll probably end up talking about it here because I actually really do want to dive into that. Cause I've dived a little bit into black lightning talk, but not really in depth because I, like, I'm actually like kind of really jazzed about black lightning in a big way right now because yeah, that shows, I mean, it, it's really funny though. I, 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 I loved what was really funny is the show is really good, but like one of the hashtags is get lit. And anytime I say the words lit, I feel like that dot gif of Steve Buscemi saying how you do fellow kids. I so <laughs> yeah. So I just think to myself, I'm going, I can never use that hashtag because I feel I feel <laughs> like hip. Oh Wesley's trying to be hip with the kids. Oh, old Wes makes you feel older old than you are. Old Wesley trying to be hip with the yeah. kids on the internet. I mean, oh yeah, I just checked on Netflix and it's uh, on my phone and it's uh, 23rd of January. Yeah, so as you uh, oh, yeah. as you listen to this, uh, folks in the UK, uh, you can watch the first episode of uh, Black Lightning. Um, so I'm very looking forward to that. I, but um, I'm hoping that if it uh, goes live tomorrow, I'll watch it tomorrow. Dude, you... Oh, wow. It's really cool. I mean, it, it's funny because I, I can't wait to discuss that further because it's going to be funny because I've had discussions already where I'm like, like, because it's supposed to be like its own thing for at least the first year. Mm. like no connection to anything in the because they do mention there's other heroes in the universe they actually do mention it okay so is it set in the same universe as arrow and flash and stuff or is that yet to be no so far no Mm. but what i'm but some people are speculating that is it'll probably be in supergirl's universe if anywhere right okay yeah like but i don't know and for right now, I'm almost thinking they're going to keep it separate, and they think they are really making a point to keep it as a separate yeah. sort of thing because they got to establish because it is really it is a different like it's definitely unlike any of the other CW shows. Like it has a different flow to it, a different feel to it. It's a little tougher. It's a little. It's a little more like it's a it's it's sort of like you think Arrow can be tough at times and like can be a little tough, but tough-ish. I mean, it's not. Arrow hasn't been it's it's like but Black Lightning's like legit like ooh it's a little tougher it's a little rougher it's like it's like things have a little bit extra stakes to them yeah. it's really it's a very interesting little cool show and and I so yeah I can't wait for you to see it because it's a really neat little show but I watch like I'm one of those dudes I I'm like the insane dude who watches all the CW 
like TV shows. So yeah. all the CW like Arrow stuff. So it's sort of like, <laughs> so it's like, I just kind of deep dive into it in the craziest way possible. I mean, you get like, um, like right actually right now the one show i'm really waiting i can't wait to come back as legends because we get constantine soon i'm looking forward to that yeah i've dropped off um well i've dropped off a lot of the um a lot of the cw stuff i watched the crisis on earth x crossover uh, and that was that was really fun i really enjoyed that so i think i'm um i'm, I'm gonna continue with the series from there really all the shows from there which would be um be interesting but uh, but yeah legends is getting um Legends is getting Wally West uh, and it's getting uh, Constantine. I can't wait for Constantine to come back. I love Matt Ryan's yeah. uh, portrayal of Constantine. Yeah, Constantine's only being for like a couple episodes. There's, I think, that, I think they what I was reading, and then he, and then Wally West becomes a full cast member, and mm. and I went, wow! Like I actually was funny. I actually thought, yeah, Wally's going to the Legends, isn't he? Because I almost thought when he when he suddenly disappeared off Flash, it's like they pretty much said, well, I'm going on an adventure, and bye. And I'm like, and it's like, well, I'm like, he's ended up in Legends, isn't he? Because I actually was thinking he's ended up in Legends. And lo and behold, I'm like, whoop, he's on Legends. And, and yeah, that's yeah. perfect for him because that's going to be a great place for him to kind of be it, be more of his own character and not be so tied in with all the Flash stuff and everything like that. And that's going to be a lot of fun to, like, really look at. I'm pretty excited for it. I mean... It's that one, and I mean, and it was funny you mentioned Agents of Shield. Have you gotten to catch any of the recent Agents of Shield stuff? No, but I've heard this recent series was really good. It's bonkers. There, we've got Kree right now, and oh, wow. and the show's set in a in the future, hmm. and it's really weird, but it's really fun. It's actually kind of fun. Okay. Like the first couple episodes, some people were a little bit divided on. I mean, but it takes, but once it get going, it it really gets going and it's and you can also kind of tell it's kind of funny because people are like it's really funny because you're talking about how it used to be more tied into with the cinematic universe and all that and i went yeah, yeah they shot that in the water like yeah they shut that down years ago and <laughs> now it's not tied in now it's like its own thing it's like oh yeah it still mentions avengers it still mentions that nah, 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 but now no it's it's his own thing I mean, yeah, kind of. It, did they, when you said it's set in the future, did they actually jump into the future, or is it just did they just move the timeline forward? They ju- they kind of got jumped to the future because of shenanigans in like the past of someone like captured them, sent them to the future, and and now okay. it's like it gets it's very weird, but it's very it gets. But now it's gotten really fun. Like the past couple, the last episode, it's gotten really fun as you start piecing together like what the heck happened between, between mm-hmm. the uh, like why why what's going on with this world. I mean, heck, like I said, they got Cree in this thing, and they've got and they're talking about like different races here and there. So I'm like, huh, this is actually pretty neat. <laughs> and and but it was funny. And then cause it's funny because I and also for any anyone who's a little bit of a longer viewer, it's like. I'm the dude who's, who watched the entire run of Inhumans. Yeah, well, and, I mean, you say entire run, like, because I think uh, it has been cancelled now, hasn't it? Or oh, it's been uh, cancelled. And, yeah. and, and I, I, I actually had some, I actually, it was funny when I saw that article talking about, like, like, and it's like, as ABC was not confirming it was cancelled until, like, the past couple days and and i'm like and if it come on just say it's canceled <laughs> doll and then people start someone, someone started a petition saying they give it a second season I'm like you people are adorable 
Yeah, ABC I mean, fair play. No. I mean, I've not seen any of it, so, you know. I I can't wholeheartedly recommend it unless you basically, I mean, it's like when, when I can fully say like the second half, it's like the first last few episodes are pretty, are pretty good. It's like, it's okay. But yeah, if you're basically, it's like, it's like, if basically you've got nothing else going on, you're really bored. And you're like, <laughs> sure. Yeah, let's do this. I mean, how many episodes and, were there? Like eight episodes. Like it was not, it was, it's a short series. I mean, yeah, it, it, but it's, and they're not making uh, any more. It's so, and it's not going to, and like, we're like, well, it might be better in a season two. It has potential for a season two, but it won't happen. Cause it was really, cause it was a terrible impression for everyone involved. Cause, yeah. cause it was supposed to be like this big deal movie franchise. And then, and then it's like, nope. And then suddenly, and then it's like, well, we got Spider-Man back. So buy in humans. Oh, yeah, they, wanted- they didn't really seem to give that much of a monkeys anymore. And now they've got like, potentially they've got X-Men and have they, have they actually made a deal? Have they got X-Men and Fantastic Four back? They have, haven't they? No, we won't no. get, that won't, that won't be confirmed until the Disney Fox sale goes through, which yeah, won't officially, which won't be officially going through until 2019 because right, right, right. like later this, like it'll probably not be until way later into this year or 2019 when that deal fully goes through because there's a lot of stuff to be sorted through with that sale yeah absolutely i mean and that's the thing it's you know comics fans and geeks and stuff focus on like the x-men and fantastic four stuff but there's so much more to that deal than than just x-men and fantastic four like there's there's everything isn't there really like aliens and predator that's like that belongs to marvel and dc uh, disney and marvel now um and mm-hmm. so many other franchises um belong to them now it's uh it's crazy crazy thinking about that. A lot. the ip the, the amount of ips that disney would get out of this is unreal and it was funny when when i was talking about this twitter i i i gotta do some interesting chats and most of them were like kind of like really loving the rabbit hole that was going down and someone dived even further down the rabbit hole with me and then we everyone it was sort of like everyone was going down singular rabbit holes with me because i missed some bit of the rabbit hole and then there's another bit of the rabbit hole it's like like disney will get like fox searchlight and we get like fox so they get fox searchlight and then they would get like all this stuff and now here's the thing people people would forget about this though is disney would not own the fox uh tv channels no yes yeah, so it's not like the news or anything like that they wouldn't own news, and it's funny. Someone said, "Wait, do they own Fox News?" Nope, no. they don't want. It's like the the main reason why they, like their main reason why um, Disney, like Fox was selling Twenty First Century Fox and that stuff to Disney was they wanted to focus more on like the TV channels and stuff like that. They wanted yeah. to focus less on the movies. So, and it's like, and it's like they're not going to have anything. I mean. So you won't see any major changes until like any actual changes changes until 2019. So like any, so and someone and so it was, it was funny. People talking about like, well, what about Dark Horse with the Aliens and Predator comics and all that? And it's like Disney might leave it the dark, might leave them in Dark Horse's hands because Disney can only have Marvel publish so many books. Yeah, I think that so, would be it'd be strange to try and get every every franchise from that kind of. Of that kind of area, I think Dark Horse do the that 
kind of franchise better like i can understand them wanting star wars straight away because that's that's and it's family friendly and it's kind of the it follows the the model that marvel and dc are down which is you know you can make a you can make a, a family friendly ride out of this or characters can appear in disneyland kind of thing whereas with alien not so much really um but uh, but yes, I mean some of the other things they've got is like uh, Planet of the Apes. Um, yep, they've they got uh, uh, they all get Alien, they'll get Predator, they'll get Independence Day if that's still Avatar. something they're interested in. Avatar, which is Avatar, um, yeah. And Avatar does stuff. have like a, and like an amusement thing at Disney anyway, so that's seamless. I mean, yeah, I mean that's just going to transition and, straight across, isn't it? Really, and um, it's. There's a lot of stuff to sort through, and that's why. And and I know we're bouncing around here, but it's kind of like there's a lot of stuff, and then it's but it's very fascinating to me, like this this sort of stuff with like because I've gotten into some discussions with some people about this here and there, and like I I remember when I was talking about my rabbit hole and some and some dudes like going and and it's like well here's a hot take here I'm going and it's funny and it's funny some of the Twitter chats people got into and like goofy arguments. And I, that was like my yeah. first really goofy argument. I've got goofy person in a while. And I didn't really argue. I just looked, I just looked at the person, looked at the person followed. And when I see anything that relates to a sort of fringe group on the internet that involves a D and a C and <laughs> that I basically go, well, bye. Boop. And <laughs> And it's like, I'm not even arguing with you because you sound because I and well also I read the I read the person's Twitter feed and I read their mm. and I read their I read their feed and I just go, Nope. Yeah. Nope. nope. Big nope. Okay, well, mute block by. Yeah, because <laughs> well, it's like so many there's been so many um big news stories like this that's that have just kind of brought everyone out of the woodwork like the obviously you know that that I, that kind of merger and like the the new Star Wars film has been, you know, awful uh, stuff like that like there's there's no there's no fan worse than like an angry star wars fan by the sounds of things like because some of yeah. the some of those voices out there have been have been vitriolic and, and disgusting and and not worth your time really and and that's you know that is a big shame when it comes to uh you know things like this that it's like right well you know you don't enjoy it that's fine and like i don't judge people for not for not enjoying it you know i disagree i thought it was yeah. a great film but at the same time you know that's the beauty of it we can't all like the same things and i wouldn't want us to um but if you don't like something that i or if you love something that i don't like i'm not going to tear you down do you know what i mean i'm not going to tear you down for yeah. liking for not, not for liking something i hate you know so it's it's very strange um but uh but yeah so it's it's a weird old world for, for it's a, things well like it's believe me matt if we ever it, Y'all don't even know if be like be glad this didn't take place like about like a few days ago because I was on some serious rants at <laughs> not long ago about like gatekeeping and comics and all this stuff and I and I got it out of my system but yeah there's there an there's an episode one day where I'm just gonna go on a dang on a dang <laughs> tear because I'm because I'm kind of like just a, just a touch annoyed right now at some aspects of the of the fan of of fandoms in general because it's gotten really fascinating but this that would be like a very very long that could be an episode in its own right and i would probably need someone to to, to put a governor on me real damn quick 
because I would start ranting incessantly and Matt would be, I'm not sure how far poor Matt, Matt, I don't know how much you could govern me and just be like, Wes, yeah. dear God, how fast are you going to have everyone yelling at you for oh. the next? I'd let you carry and, on, but I'd probably just kind of mute the, mute the recording or something. <laughs> that's cool. I don't care. But it, I don't, it's, I don't know, man. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I, it's kind of funny that, I always say 2017 has been the year where I've sort of gotten the look at, I got to look at sort of aspects of fandom and it get really freaking weird. Yeah. And it's been, yeah, it's been a ride. And well, talking of uh, strange fandoms, uh, you caught up on doomsday clock. Yes, I did. I am. I'm fully, I, I, I have, I have as like, I, I'm like the first two episodes, the first two issues of it, what the hell is this book, Matt? <laughs> yeah, like I've I've read the first two issues. What, what is this and, book? Uh, we've read the the third issue that's coming out. Um, as you as you listen to this, or if you if you're listening to this on uh, the day it came out, then it will be tomorrow. So uh, Wednesday, um, this Wednesday it'll be coming out. And um, what the hell is this book? Yeah, it's such a strange. Oh, I, it's. I, I, don't I can't say it. it's bad. Yeah, I, I can't say it's bad. I can't say it's good. I can't. It's just. I know what it. I, don't know. I know what it seems to be trying to do. Like it seems to try to, you know, emulate Watchmen as much as possible without actually being as bold and innovative as Watchmen was. And it's trying to kind of introduce the characters into the DC universe, which seems kind of opposite to everything that they've done so far. Which is, you know, Rebirth's been about hope and optimism and like the start of something new and fresh, while kind of still recognizing the legacy of, of of what's come before whereas watchmen feels like or sorry not watchmen doomsday clock feels very much like it's taking all the all the bad lessons from watchmen and you know as as many you know many writers creators and comic book uh, comic book people did following the original watchmen they just kind of put two and two together and make ten, and just go right. Okay, yeah, everyone wants dark and gritty, and it's like, well, no, that wasn't that wasn't the intention of Watchmen. That wasn't no. the point of Watchmen, and that's not the lesson to take away from it. And yet, this feels—I don't know—it feels like it's trying so hard to emulate it, um, and I just don't know whether I get the point of it. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, like the first. Like I, I like the first issue quite a bit because it's just like I can't believe I'm seeing what I'm seeing here. And yeah. then the second issue made me go, "Okay, what's happening?" Then I just read the third one. I'm like, "Oh, this is gonna be fun when it hits Wednesday." Yeah, it's gonna be fun when it hits because people are going, "What the hell's going on here?" <laughs> because I, I, I don't. I, it's one of those books that you're going to have people go and, well, it's a big, like, well, doomsday clock guys. I, and it's like, I, it's not bad. It's actually, it's not, I mean, it's well, it's not badly written. It's not, it's not badly drawn at all. Gary, like the entire art team on this is busting their butts off and doing some cool work. Yeah. So there is a really cool bit in, um, in, in the issue three, that I can't wait for people to read and I won't say what it is, but you'll probably know what it is when you see, you go, Oh, okay. That's neat. Cause they're DC has been mining some of their more obscure franchises. 
lately. Yeah, and yeah, they really have with they, metal and everything. And with like, and they've been they for um, just leave America. They mine um, silver blade mm-hmm. with uh, the ray. Was I thought that is so freaking weird, awesome? <laughs> I cannot believe I'm seeing that pop back again. And they mine another, and they mine another obscure DC thing in uh, Doomsday Clock number three. And I went, I never thought I'd hear that name. Yeah. That's kind of awesome. They're using yeah. that. Okay, I dig that. That's kind of cool. But well, I mean, I won't. I'm trying to. It's like I don't know if it'd be really a spoiler to say what it is because I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think if we want to talk about, it, we can talk about it uh, next episode, maybe when the uh, yeah, when the issues come out. It, but yeah, it's really it's like it's it's not really like a storyline spoiler per se, but mm. it's one of those where. It's just really cool to see that they're actually using just they're containing like they're using some really obscure DC franchises again. I'm kind of yeah. going and like I love that Jeff kind of brought put that into him. Going, I can't wait. Well, we'll talk about it more late next episode. But I thought that's kind of cool. I it's, I kind of dug that. Yeah. But the rest of the issue was very hit or miss for me. I mean, and like but right now, so far, like aspects of the storyline, you can. It's really funny because I know from what I read, like what in the interviews Jeff has done for it is this takes place a year after like all the stuff in the DCU. Yes. Yeah. Everything else in the DCU is kind of working its way towards this, isn't it really? Um, and which I is, can't which wait is to see when we catch up. Yeah. And that's it again. It's almost like the, the, um, the, the Watchmen universe being a dark and gritty and like in turmoil and, and all this kind of stuff. It makes sense. You know, I don't, it's not, um, it's not a sequel that I particularly needed. And I don't think anyone really needed a sequel to Watchmen, but no you know, it. it's there anyway. Whereas they have got this kind of Superman, is it Superman theory that they're talking about, which is, yeah, you know, Superman theory. Yeah. Which is like, people are up in arms about the fact that 90, 90 something percent of, of the world's superhero population is American and they're saying the government has something to do with it. It's a huge conspiracy. Um, and so there's like, there's marches, there's, um, you know, there's, there's, there's loads of, and, and that's introducing like a dark reality to the DC universe that I don't particularly want to see anymore. Like, I feel like they've done that kind of storyline plenty of times. Like they did it with uh, Legends, um, which was like, that was kind of the idea of we don't need superheroes anymore um, and things like that. Um, and, um, and and plenty since then, and plenty since yeah. Watchmen, you know, because of the fact that Watchmen had such impact in in many negative ways. You know, the DC universe went to some dark places since then. Um, and I feel like this is, so if this is the DC universe, the rebirth universe a year from now, like that's what we're, that's what we're heading towards. So, you know, if, if all the rest of the comics rise up to meet the challenge of, of kind of joining these two continuities together, then every other series has got to get darker as well, because they've got to, they've got to get darker to meet the doomsday clock storyline because otherwise it's going to be everything's fine and then the next day everyone's rioting in the streets because of the superman theory which you know news news can turn on a dime so it doesn't need to be that but like i think that what they'll probably do is they'll have plot points and stuff that lead into it at least um otherwise what's the point of having you know the shared universe i think it's very a very strange um, direction for them to take it. But again, we're three, well, we're two, you know, two nearly three issues into this storyline. So, and it's 12 issues long. So, you know, it's got a ways to go yet, but it is, um, it is just a strange, a strange one, really. It's a strange, and it's going to be funny because they've also made hints that 
that Dr. Manhattan has disguised himself as like a DC superhero. Yeah. Yeah. Like in, through all the different events. And it's like the obvious one's going to be Captain Adam because, yeah, that because that was, that was what, um, like when they were doing, cause when, cause initially since Watchmen was supposed to be all the Charlton heroes, but then DC said, uh, Alan, you can't do that now because we're going to have, we have plans for all the Charlton comics mm-hmm. heroes. So just make up characters that are analogs to the uh, Charleston heroes yeah. and we'll be cool. So it's like, okay. And Dr. Manhattan was Captain Adam. So it's like that would, no, I can, oh, I can't wait till that. If they, if they actually do reveal him as being Captain Adam the entire time, that's going to be hilarious. Yeah. It seems that, like, it seems like a, a kind of a, uh, closing the loop kind of um, kind of storyline decision, doesn't it? Really, to have to have him be Captain Atom, um, which you know, which would kind of make sense for for him, not narratively. Well, you know, I'm sure it would be fine narratively, but in a in a grander sense of the character, it would make a lot of sense. It would make sense, and I would be fascinated to see it because it it's really funny with Doomsday Clock is one of the stories that I don't know if it needs to exist, but I'm weirdly fascinated by it yeah at the same time and it's one of those like i have complicated i mean yeah i'm we're saying a lot of what the hell is this comic but it's also weirdly fascinating in the sense of i can't believe this is actually a thing and compared to all the other it's sort of like it's sort of like doomsday clock opened up an alan moore pandora's box of of like dc yeah i was gonna say it isn't yeah it isn't just the fact that that you know what what we think of whether doomsday clock as a piece of work is any good or not it's you know there's a lot of people out there you know rightly so potentially that um that are just angry with it existing in the first place because it's another example of dc you know using using and abusing the the properties that alan moore give them and that's like at the moment it feels like that's just the tip of the iceberg yeah, because we were talking about it before we started recording of like Prometheus popping up in Just League of America. Yeah. And before that, Tom Strong was gonna be is gonna be in the terrifics. And I and I'm just going, if we start seeing top ten in the freaking this universe, I'm gonna be like, what the hell? Yeah. This yeah. is going to get it's, weird. It's so strange. I, mean, I don't know how this is gonna turn out because this, I mean it's fascinating. I mean it's one of the things where you just go, it, it, like my favorite thing to say, and if you, if, if you, if one of my favorite things to say, usually it's like, well, that giant serpent's going to be heading over DC some point soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, someone was saying that, um, you know, the Prepia comic, which I remember my old housemate loved, um, and my old housemate had all the, um, the graphic novels of, um, but, um, I read the first couple, but, um, after, after a while, it turns from being a comic book, about characters to being a um a kind of a a creative experiment that becomes this you know the the whole book becomes a a magic incantation so alan moore is like crafting this this huge magic spell really um and i think that's probably severely underplaying it like uh, to anyone who who knows and loves promethea i'm sorry because i've not read it um but I've only read like the first couple myself of Prometheus, so I'm, I'm yeah. I, yeah. So it it does kind of turn itself into this kind of meta story that becomes a magical incantation by the end. Um, and you know, I've read a few people saying, "Well, that, I find that um, 
a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of a muddy ground for the DC to to kind of work down because no matter what you believe in, if uh, if they've taken this you know this book that is a magical incantation and used the characters against the author's wishes in DC comics, it's like you know they are they setting themselves up for a fall or something. No, I don't. I mean, it's interesting because it's like, like the Alan Moore, Dave Gibbons stuff. It's like the Alan Moore, Dave Gibbons stuff with Watchmen. They DC has that outright. That's that they pretty much set it up as work for hire, Wonderland, and all that crap. Yeah. But but they do give royalties for it to everyone but Alan Moore because Alan Moore wants nothing to do with Watchmen, anything. Yeah. But um, but then but then you have like, but then it's like you have like the creator shares of, but it's like, they have to have like a, like a creator shared characters of like Tom strong with Chris Browse and Chris Browse had no idea they were going to use the, the Tom strong and those characters in, in uh, the terrifics. And then, and then now just recently JH Williams learned about how Prometheus being used. And he's like, wait, yeah. Yeah. What? Really? And JH Williams still has done stuff for has been, has done has done a, has worked for DC doing Salmon Overture. Did Salmon Overture, yeah, most recently. And he's yeah. on good terms with DC, so it's like, what mm. the hell, guys? Couldn't you believe, like, like? But I, I always get the feeling that there's gonna be a lot of royalty checks being like split up here pretty darn quickly yeah. because I. But I I don't. This is gonna get. It's gonna get fascinating to see like how this is gonna keep playing out because there's. It's funny when we di- when you dive into like comic stuff and how how aspects of uh, like ownership in comics mm. and and like because it was funny like last night people were talking about like licensing in comics and how Marvel's operated with it and how DC's operated with it and now all these companies have operated with like whatever licenses they get their hands on and and it's funny like um like deep. Like, are you familiar with the story of like? I'll, I'll give like one interesting example of like characters that never get used, but that Marvel has is like have have you you know like how Malibu works? Like, I don't I don't know the specifics of it. No, I do. I've heard of Malibu before. Yeah, like Malibu was the comics that they like one of the, the big thing they got they got really hit big on is they they brought like the Ultraverse and Ultraverse did really well and through. And then basically, then Marvel, but then Marvel started. I can't remember what was going down because I, like, if like they hit financial snag or something, ever Marvel bought Malibu because they wanted the they wanted the computer coloring studio. Mm, oh, okay, yeah. Because Marvel wanted that computer coloring, but Marvel then also bought an entire universe. So, so that's why Marvel for a while has like all these Ultraverse comics. Like that's why you see like Prime yeah. of Captain America comics out there or like ultra force comics were out there that weren't ellis wrote for like a few issues at one point and stuff like that that um yeah marvel got their hands on so but marvel doesn't use any ultraverse characters to this day because those characters are still owned by all the creators of those books so if marvel wants to use them yeah marvel got to pay them money so what do you do when you have all these characters that you might would want to do something with that, mm. but you have to pay the care of money. You never use them. They just sit, they just sit away in the vaults of marble, never to be reprinted, never to be seen. 
which is never yeah which is a shame like is that better is that is that better or worse than what dc are doing like i mean i i I don't know the ins and outs of dc's like um kind of royalties issues and what they you know what their ownership is and things like that but my understanding to a vague degree is that they they can do this you know they 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 have every right to to use these characters like any but i think people are yeah, but I think people are probably annoyed more of the fact that the way they're going about it, are you not telling these creators that they're going to be using these characters, not getting, you know, not even getting their kind of cursory inputs, um, you know, even if it's just uh, lip service on the initial design or redesigns of these characters kind of thing, you know, at least it's a bit of good faith in that sense. They're not even doing that. Um, and I think a lot of people are, are angry about the fact that they're once again, they're kind of mining Alan Moore's, uh, contributions despite the fact that they had such a rocky relationship with him to say the least you know to understate it um and to you know to lay it out there really they they, they treated him very poorly um and so but they continue to make oh, yeah, yeah. decisions that ultimately they will profit from um you yeah. know so it's it's a it's a very difficult one but then as you say like the opposite to having the the rights to these characters and not using them is to just cast them into a, a vault, you know, like at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark and just kind of box them up and, and never to be never to be seen again. And now it's like, but like Marvel also has like cross-gen thanks to Disney, but that's more, they would use them, but they just did not sell every time Marvel tried to do something with them. So they're, hmm. they're just locked away because they just don't sell and Marvel has no idea what to do with them. So it's just yeah. like, eh, we don't know what to do with them. But yeah. that one's more cut and dry. We just didn't make any money with the stuff we tried to do. But yeah, yeah. the, but it's like with DC stuff. Like now, DC, like when when uh, Levitz was the was in charge of it, mm. was in charge of it. Levitz wouldn't use any do anything with Watchmen out of respect to Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons and yeah, all that yeah. because he he was hoping one day maybe they could get get some sort of like leeway with Alan Moore again, but then once Levitz got knocked out of there and all that, then game over, man, the Watchmen floodgates were being opened and they tried yeah, like it with before Watchmen started coming out and stuff. Before Watchmen was sort of like the, like testing the waters and before Watchmen didn't really work that well because no one, they, they cared. They were curious about the prequel stuff and there's a lot, there's actually some solid stuff in the prequel stuff. I mean, Darwin Cook's Minutemen story, Amanda Connor and Darwin Cook doing a Silk Spectre story. I mean, yeah, yeah, there's, there's some, some uh, creators really, involved. There's some cool stuff in there. They threw everything but, at the wall, didn't they, with that? But there's some, so it's like it's some really cool stuff in there. But holy, but as a whole, before Watchmen just kind of came and went, and it was wholly kind of unnecessary to mm. to have happen. But there's some cool. It, it's cool. It's actually worth reading if anyone's. It's worth checking out at least out of curiosity. Yeah. But but now this is like the first time DC like the, when DC used Dr. Manhattan and rebirth and now they're using Dr. Manhattan, all the Watchmen stuff in, in the whole, like DC in the whole DC universe proper. It's like, this is when DC just said, screw it. We're just going to go whole hog and go for it. And yeah, it's been, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see, uh, to see what they do with it and where they go with it and, and stuff. I mean, we'll keep we'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep an eye on all that uh, all that kind of No, we're not covering know. it at all. We're not covering it. We're we're not gonna no. we learned our lesson well, with Secret Empire. Uh, that we're not gonna we learn your kind of read comics that are, 
you know, the uh, comics that are controversial and topical and uh, altogether not that great. Um, we uh, it just it becomes a bit soul sucking, doesn't it? But um, but you know, we'll keep an eye on it as readers, as fans. We'll we'll read the we'll read the books and we'll and we'll keep going with it. But um, but I mean, I think yeah. that's uh, I think that's going to do it for our chat, really. Um, I think okay. um, if you at home have any um have any thoughts on any of the topics we discussed, I think it was a bit of a whistle stop catch up tour uh, through uh, through news and comics that, yeah. <laughs> that have been coming out. But if you've got any thoughts on that you can um get in touch with uh, the show um you can uh, email us that's the issue podcast at gmail.com um or you can uh get in touch with us on twitter at that's the issue um or you can message me directly on twitter i am at matt loon um where's where can people find you you can find me on at geeku at geeku landon on twitter feel free if you have anything you want to suggest for the show to me too or just straight up talk with me i'm more than happy to talk to you or you can find me on my website uh, geekulanded.com or also now that i need to get back into it curse you curse you uh 2018 <laughs> sickness spring <laughs> yeah mostly mostly kind of it's mostly allergies yeah a lot of it is but i don't know what it could be but it's just like this weather just whammy but i've also been doing some graphic policy and that's what i've been working on so cool. and so you'll find me there too but yeah brilliant yeah pretty much i'm but yeah but the, the easiest but if you want rapid fire access to me just fire me a line on twitter i am easy to find yeah same um yeah and so you can and as you uh, may or may not know now you can find us on multiversitycomics.com yes. uh, or you can uh, which is uh, an awesome website they've got some great other podcasts they've got yeah, um, dc3 cast they've got uh, marvel uh, the new marvel uh, versity podcast that's uh, that's coming out as well um and uh, and some other great stuff uh, all great content uh, that you can find on multiversitycomics.com uh, including comic syllabus uh, which is um the uh, podcast uh, that we are a companion piece to um, so every other Tuesday um, you'll get uh, you'll get us and then the alternate Tuesdays you'll get Paul's show comic syllabus um, that you can listen to as well so uh, we'll be uh, watch this space for some kind of crossover between the two um, as we're coming up um, but much like uh, we will be doing now so um, I'll, uh, I'll hand you over to uh, the past version of me as he uh, as he talks with Paul about uh, the uh, upcoming um, upcoming comics and New Year's resolutions for 2018 hmm, past version I think 2018, as you said, finds uh, after a really rough year politically and culturally and so forth, um, but finds comics poised in an interesting spot. Um, Mm. And so I wonder if there are trends uh, or, um, you know, I guess industry headwinds that you see that that have got you thinking about, you know, and watching for what, what, you know, how things play out this coming year in comics writ large. Well, um, I think, you know, on the in the first half of our conversation, we talked about, um, you know, Marvel and DC and the state of play, um, you know, with them and the fact that mm-hmm. we're both kind of more excited, um, broadly speaking, for what DC is doing um, and what DC is, uh, is, is putting out there and what it's trying, you know, putting out there in, in very you know in in many ways really you know they're putting themselves mm-hmm. out there with these new projects um and seeing and seeing what sticks um whereas marvel mm-hmm. is the opposite marvel seems to be kind of very much looking backwards with its legacy and kind of falling back on yeah. things that it knows or you know at least it's it's had history of of success with in the past and you right. know it, it's almost a kind of a you know catch 22 or you know chicken and egg situation with with them at the moment whereas you know dcr with their rebirth line they had a lot of success with that and with success comes that 
different breathing room um, and they're able mm, to try mm, new mm. things they're able to push themselves in ways that uh, that they weren't able to previously you know so more yeah, more yeah. sales means more success which means more chance to to try out things that uh, potentially in a leaner year they wouldn't have been able to um, mm, uh, mm-hmm. and therefore conversely with marvel they you know the they are slipping in the sales you know we we've started to see the sales figures for 2017 uh, as a year yeah, come out yeah. and, and how that matches up with previous years and marvel are falling they are dropping sales um mm-hmm. not to any kind of i can't imagine it's any kind of worrying degree uh, in any you right. know for, for us as readers um but for them as publishers and and certainly for the industry you know as mm-hmm. as you know as we'll we'll discuss um you know marvel is is a is a critical um crucial part of uh, of that of that part of the industry um mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I, I i get the feeling with their announcements or lack of announcements or you know the things that they are publishing at the moment there is a tightening up you know there is a leaning you know a, a leaner um output um that they're that they're putting together they've got their kind yeah. of um, mm. no surrender storyline from avengers uh, that's coming out that seems to be consolidating all their avengers lines into one mm, story mm. and i think what we'll see from that is is one p- potentially weekly or bi-monthly avengers book rather than mm. three or four competing titles and i think we'll probably right. find that 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 happens across the line in a way that um you know only only happens in times where they're potentially looking at the the sales figures looking at their um you know their their bottom line and seeing that it's not mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. Uh, it's not as uh, it's not flourishing as much as they'd liked. Whereas yeah. you know, whereas with DC, the opposite seems to be true. Uh, they, they they seem to be expanding outwards. They seem to be trying new things. Um, yeah, you know, the mm. new age of heroes, young animal, uh, Vertigo is making a, a more substantial comeback, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, and focusing as we say, focusing on artists and focusing on. Uh, talent in a way that they're mm-hmm. able to because they are able to bring on more talent they're they're able to give more you know devote more time to to these talented folk you know as you know yeah, even right. even something like bendis you know obviously he's not a newcomer um, but he is to the world of dc so to see what he publishes right. you know it's it's not a dead cert anymore you know if they if they picked him up if right. they scooped right. him up straight after alias or straight after his daredevil run or even his avengers work then they right. would have been more you know, it would have been a more solid bet. Whereas, whereas now they, there's no denying that they've 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 poached a, a fantastic, you know, a huge talent um, from mm. Marvel. Um, however, right. you know, his his later output, you know, X Men was uh, was a little bit muddied, uh, a little bit muddled. Yeah, uh, yeah. His Iron Man stuff has been has been interesting. Like, I've really enjoyed Infamous Iron Man. Love Riri Williams. Um, however, mm-hmm. just generally speaking, it's not as um, creatively unique as some of his previous work so uh right yeah so i think i think you're right bets are bets are off with yeah. uh with with bendis not a guarantee yeah definitely and it's, it's yeah, a, yeah. literally a brand new universe for him as well so i think that will right. reinvigorate him uh, to a certain degree yeah. um oh. but at the same time as we as we mentioned previously it's it's not um that's not in, in previous years having bendis might be their flagship um you know announcement whereas i think there's also right, right. it's it's kind of second or third to me on 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 what i'm looking forward to from dc uh, huh. they've got a lot of other yeah. stuff coming out that I'm, I'm very excited about like the the milk wars um you know uh, crossover event with all of the mm. the young animal stuff bleeding into the real dc universe the new age of heroes mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. we mentioned in the first half of the conversation um, so right. I, I think DC are in a solid place. I'm 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 interested to see where Marvel goes this year. I think 
the if we've learned anything from the last few months worth of news and announcements that have come out of Marvel, uh, it's mm. that we have no idea <laughs> what's coming next. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> we, right. We've got no idea. They, you know, they've right. made some unfortunate. Uh, I say unfortunate. That I think that's a little too kind for them, really. They, they've made some <laughs> some bad, you know, errors, regrettable mistakes, regrettable yeah, 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 mistakes, yeah. definitely when it sure, comes sure. to when it comes to the news. Um, and mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and now most recently, like a lot of the Stan Lee stuff that's coming out, which um, yeah. you know, which is is extremely, un, uh, you know, um, disappointing um, to yeah, read about. Yeah. Um, again, mm-hmm. as if this climate is showing us anything, is that it's not at all surprising. Um, for, you yeah, know, anyone right. and everyone um, is uh, seems to be uh, have a history with it. It's, it's systemic, but um, yeah. But mm. to to see that be the next knock on Marvel. Um, he's, yeah. you know, a few people have said, "Oh, it's not going to impact them." He's, he's more of a, he's more of a mascot at this point, and it's like, yeah, he doesn't have any right. creative input on the thing, but he as a, as a cultural touchstone, as an icon of the, yeah. you know, he yeah. is Marvel. He, he, you know, he spent decades being the face, the voice, the, you know, the, the talented uh, kind of hype man of Marvel. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's, <laughs> right. you know, his, his contribution cannot be understated. Um, right. Uh, can yeah. it be overstated? Which I don't know which one I'm I'm thinking of. <laughs> can it be overstated? I think is what I was thinking of. Um, it's important, is the word it's, yeah. It's it was really very good. <laughs> and so yeah. and, and so you know that kind of that that you know that that can't be denied. The the fact that he this this revelations that's coming out about him is um is going to impact yeah, it on the it hurt it hurts the it hurts the brand it hurts yeah. the publisher um so yeah. mm. i don't know what's going to happen with marvel uh, moving forward yeah really what are your thoughts yeah no I, I i think i agree with you in that there's a lot of inherent questions and tensions which is why it'll be interesting to see how it plays out you know like in sports you can always um predict and 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 uh uh you know lay bets but you know <laughs> mm. that's why they play the game as they say you know because you really don't know how things will play out i think few would have bet at the start of dc's rebirth that it would have done as well you know that they'd be in, put in this position two years later yeah where they can sort of be so expansive you know and think so think with that kind of freedom breathe with that kind of um creative freedom that they are that they seem to right now and and yet it it seems like the right move if marvel decides to um i don't know circle the wagons and contract a little bit if that's if that's an accurate way to um sum up what you're saying because i i do think there you know the year ended with a lot of like um at least within the tiny comics world a lot of uh you know think pieces and and manifestos about the damage that Marvel was doing to the the you know direct market in general, you know, because being having the lion's share of sales and um and you know if, when Marvel has a bad year, comic shops have a bad year. Yeah. You know, was what many of them were saying, and so some of the the shenanigans of you know um, the lenticular cover this and, and mm. I don't know <laughs> you know all that stuff. I think in the way that Marvel's um, industry practices were hurting the direct market um one of the things that folks like brian hibbs who's over uh, you know writes over at, at uh, comics beat and stuff like that mm-hmm. w- w- we're calling for we're really just having a less diffuse line and so if marvel is smart and contracts things a little bit makes it a little bit um you know more intelligible for a a fan coming in off of avengers of infinity war or the black panther movie coming in off the street into a comic shop and 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 being able to find 
<laughs> the title and afford yeah. the titles that they associate with these characters um that may be a really good thing and i think it's funny that in a year where we're expecting the marvel movies to be a culmination you know like i think people are uh, rightly super excited about uh, ryan coogler black panther and super excited about all this all these infinity stones finally uh coming together or gems or whatever yeah. finally coming together you know a year where marvel movies um which obviously are like a much bigger share of uh the cultural attention uh are poised to 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 mean so much not even to mention disney's acquisition of Fox properties and whatever that will, yeah. you know, um, portend for uh, X-Men and, and Fantastic <clears throat> Four and whatever. It, it's a year that's big for Marvel cinema and, and possibly Marvel TV and the comics would do well to, to simplify a little bit. And meanwhile, you know, I think we, I don't know if you feel the same, but I, I feel like this is absolutely the time for DC to spread its wings and fly. Yeah. And so <laughs> I, that, that to me, like, you know, it it brings up the question for me of how is the direct market going to survive? And hearing at the end of the year, as we did, about a lot of comic shops closing closing their doors, um, and you know, it being a, a down year uh, for for that um, that segment of things, and also thinking that you know um, it, how much is the 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 trouble that the direct market uh is is facing because you just have to evolve or die in a Mm -hmm. in a in a world where thankfully comics are expanding their audiences you know beyond people who normally feel comfortable or have a routine of going to a comic shop and so you know i know that some of the stores that are doing okay or have or, or are even thriving um in metropolitan places for instance have been able to leverage um the the younger book market you know like the yeah. get get the Raina Telgemeier fans into the door and stuff like that and so it, maybe that's a matter of um comic shops being able to be you know not relying not not being being so reliant on Marvel and DC to survive and to be a part of their communities and and something that draws in uh customers and stuff so i don't know i i i uh, that's why i say and i keep coming back to like i think there's a lot of these issues where dc's at where marvel's at where you know the direct market is uh where comic shops are at that keep me um really uncertain i may have never been a good forecaster <laughs> so <laughs> no i'm always wrong i'm the same my, my yeah, predictions yeah. but you know no yeah. I, feel, so, I feel exactly the same yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of wait and see for me mm-hmm. uh, this year, and and it it remains interesting to be, uh, you know, a watcher of the the industry and the culture. Yeah, I think that's it. I w- yeah. What I would love to see. I mean, I don't know mm-hmm. near near nearly as much as I, I should to kind of have a an informed opinion on on the direct market. Um, you know, as you mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. forecasting is is not something I I know enough about to to you know to comment on. Um, but what I would right. love to see, and what I think. You know, from my limited knowledge, needs to happen is there to be less of a reliance on, you know, the as you said earlier. You know, if Marvel has a bad year, the direct market has a bad year, and the direct market is one thing, but uh, the actual, you know, comic shops and the comics, um, you know, comics distributors and the 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 yeah. you know, that part of things. I, what I would like is for them to not be as reliant on 
Marvel and DC slash the direct market yeah, in order right. to succeed and flourish, you know, because the the one thing right. that we are seeing and, you know, another, you know, leading into another part of the conversation, which is about independent publishers, anthology series, mm-hmm. you know, and um, mm-hmm. and independent works and, and creators, diverse creators uh, in, you know, putting out work in diverse ways. Um, we're yeah, we're yeah. seeing that there's more to comics than the direct market. Right. There always has been, but right. now it's, it's more prolific. It's more... Uh, mainstream in a way that people right. are are seeing uh, more you know more people are being made aware of things like gumroad things like um right you know things like digital kickstarter yeah, yeah. kickstarter yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and crowdfunding and things like that and so what i'd love right. is for as you say the, the comic shops to to be able to function and to be able to adapt to um, a a model that doesn't rely so heavily on marvel and dc because if if this last year has proven anything it's that you know you can't rely on them to to support you you can't rely on them to support your um your whole business you know especially marvel who you know who have less and less um reason to to appeal uh, to appease the the comic shops than they ever did because they they're run yeah. by disney mm-hmm. you know at this point the, the the money is coming in from from other that's ways right. and means so that's um, right the publishing mm-hmm. arm is becoming less and less significant and i hope that it yeah. doesn't become so insignificant that we you know we it become it becomes irrelevant um mm-hmm. but at the same mm-hmm. time i think we it'd be good to see um you know comic shops be able to uh, adapt you know as, as well it, yeah know, the, the saying comic shops need to adapt almost implies that they need to change or that they need to do something and they do you know people need mm. to take responsibility and they need to work on it but also the right. model that they're that they're working from the direct market uh, system that they have to play you know the game they have yeah. to play is very yeah. restrictive very yeah. Um, yeah very unsupportive of, of yeah. The, the, yeah the local comic shop so i think you know there is work for each individual comic shop to do to in order to appeal to their own local market and to to push right. push things out there in ways that um that they've never had to in the past but at the same yeah. time i, I mm. do think that the 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 whole system isn't very supportive of the local comic shop and is very restrictive and i yeah. think there's there's work that needs to be done there as well yeah 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 i mean you think you make a good point about work and so <laughs> i definitely don't feel in any position to uh you know um assert any blame or responsibility <laughs> no, no, here no. for for whomever in the industry but i i agree I just as people who are hopeful of the survival of the market and so on um i do think that there is a you know there's a sort of a darwinian perspective of you know these shops got to change or die yeah. um and, and i've heard of about about shops you know pivoting from the sort of like you know mainstream superhero branding that they thought would get people into the door and didn't to more sort of boutique uh, you know you know featuring uh uh, other things that really are trying to invite in others. And, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that will work. Um, maybe, you know, I, I think a lot about how, to me, I take it as a positive thing that there's a kind of, you know, diversifying of, of um, who comics are appealing to um, and things like these, you know, young animal imprints and black crown and, you know, all these things that are, are I think, um, screaming out that, different people and more people can find themselves in comics. Yeah. Like that's all a good thing. You know, yeah. the mainstream is expanding that that's a good thing. You know, yeah. um, I, I feel like, um, you know, the cultural, <laughs> the, the, the sort of cultural movement that is me too and, and time's up and it's just being a less, you know, spooky male dominated, creepy, 
thing to <laughs> to yeah. be a comics comics nerd is all a really good thing and should be a really good thing for the industry but uh how that translates into um the outlets you know whether it be at a comic store or be it you know online outlets or whatever to keep it commercially viable i think um is still an open question, you know, which I think it'll be fun. I mean, I'd love to continue this conversation with you in different forms mm -hmm. throughout the year yeah. and kind of watch how th this is surviving because I, you probably agree with me that comics are just proving to be this like vital creative primordial soup. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. you know, the movies, the TV shows, the novels, the, the intersection with other media, but also just comics themselves and their infiltration into schools and, you know, people's reading, um, reading habits. It's so important that comics are vital, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, beyond comics. And so there's going to be a way or there has to be a way. And it, it sort of isn't materializing, uh, which is obviously sad, but there has to be a way for for all of this to sustain itself, to survive, yeah. to put money in the pockets of the creators. And I think that's an ongoing evolution uh, that, you know, I think it'll be really interesting with you to watch both commercially, uh, you know, uh, capitalistically, but also in terms of like, um, you know, c communities and, and, and culturally, you know, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think yeah. that's, that's the thing as, as a reader, as a fan, as, as someone, you know, like us that wants to, you know, seek out these new works and diversify our mm -hmm. reading and, and, you know, experience the, the full breadth of, of work that's out there. This, there's never yeah. been a better time for comics fans. Than yeah. Now. You know, they're, they're so, yeah. you know, there's dark clouds on the horizon when it comes to industry, when it comes to being a comics right. uh, publisher and when it comes to being sure. a comics, um, you know, comic shop, comics distributor. But at the same time, right. as, a, as a reader and as a fan, it, it's, it is a golden age. You know, we have right. comics yeah. have never been better than they are now, despite, yeah. you know, despite those kind of older fans that would go oh it was better you know in Engelhardt's day and things like that you know sure sure times are different times are changing you know as it, right. as you say like the whole the me too times of this that is a good thing you know it, it comes out yeah. in ways that feels like you know very negative very very darker times you know the idea right, of your right. of your heroes being you know being dragged under in this way but sure. you know they right. didn't they're not being they're not being forced into this they they've done this themselves right. you know this this is these <laughs> yeah, are the people right. you know how much do we really know about stanley how much do we really know about any right. any of these uh, uh, celebrities yeah. um yeah, it's not, a needed reckoning yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it's something that needs to happen that they you know right. that their time is up and a new a new from the ashes something something new and something exciting sure. is, is coming along and that's that's true in any creative medium um you know films uh, tv music you know all of it is changing in comics too and you know if this means that we get to see more female creators if this means we get to see more people of color if this means we get to see you know many any any and all genders you know publishing works yeah. that is personal to them but even if it's not even if it's just you know someone you know, a, a trans woman wants to write Captain America. Brilliant. You know, right. I want to. I right. want to hear yeah. that yeah. voice. Yeah. I want to hear that voice on, right. on heroes that I know and heroes that I don't. And and I, I that's think right. Now is the time to start seeing that. And I think it's it's you know that for 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 me that's a very optimistic, very hopeful kind of uh, yeah. place to be. I think. Yeah, you know, I totally share that. And then at the same time that I'm nodding my head vigorously to what you're saying, there's a part of me that is also, this is the critical tip, you know, where I know that when in social movements, when 
there's a trend toward inclusion, uh, whatever the powers that be, the elite will nod their heads (laughs) about the idea of inclusion and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We like this idea of inclusiveness. But when it comes down to, I don't know, the almighty dollar or the bottom line or fighting over limited resources, especially in an industry like comics, you know, that's where push comes to shove and it becomes really hard to see change, you know? And so I think probably you share this notion, this, this sentiment that at the same time, we want to be watchful as people who are um, th- think about comics as a, 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 a sort of front lines of, of progressivism or as a, a, a cultural horizon to continue to be mindful of making sure that money is going into the pockets of those creators and not just sort of yeah. a, a pie in the sky. Yeah, every, everybody can can participate now. Well, yes, but some only participate when they put their stuff on online for free <laughs> well, yeah absolutely you know, you know we, we can all make, you know, make a sense yeah you know? we can all like and retweet things as much as we want sure, you know right. but the, the the system is still there you know the, the system that's uh, right the, you know the capitalist system is still there the idea of having to you know pay with your pay with your you know money yeah. <laughs> pay, with, right. pay with money what a, what a novel idea or whatever yeah or, you, or whatever yeah but um, yeah that's it yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah that, that's what you got to do you got to support the people you, you you really want to hear from support you know if if, yeah. if there's a new voice out there that that you that sparks interest in you for whatever reason whether you relate to them yeah. whether you you know whether they share your your gender your passion your you know your skin sure. color whatever or if yeah, you just right, love them right. and want to support them absolutely now's the time to do it you know if uh, for no other reason than to to stick it to the old white guys <laughs> that just have been running <laughs> it for too long you know just it's time for something new it really is yeah 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 uh, matt i appreciate your perspective about all that stuff i mean i i think that for us too what I, one of the things I like about you is that you are able to hold together the notion that this stuff should be fun mm. and we should just enjoy it. But it's also a, a kind of project, you know, it's also a, a reflection of what we hope for in the world. Yeah. You know, I see that uh, in the make. Uh, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, no, no, go, go. I, um, I see that in the comics community far more than, than any other community. I see that. Mm, um, mm. I see us on the forefront of change and the mm, being mm, a part mm. of comics community on Twitter and, um, and in, sure. you know, in the journalism, not journalism, but in the critical, you know, thinking that I do yeah, and, and yeah. write and writing and podcast, I'm exposed to opinions and voices and, and things that I never was. And it's taught me so much, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not perfect. Perfect. I'm not, um, you know, I'm not someone that is, you know, has always had these views. You know, I remember, you know, mm, thinking mm. back to younger days and, and being, you know, ignorant and foolish and and having, yeah, yeah, you know, right. very negative us, thoughts yeah. about the world. And but comics has mm-hmm. changed that in me. Comics has encouraged that, you know, the 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 open mindedness and the you know the exploration mm. of diversity in me and that yeah. that is comics and that is the comics community and i i there are um, you know standing on the shoulders of giants there are people out there that um that inspire me encourage me and 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 that's why i love comics and that's why comics are you know are fantastic and and the community is fantastic despite you know the fact that there is negativity there is you know the horrible kind of side of it that that bleeds through right. from kind of gamer gators and things like that you know that is that sure. is still there that has to be acknowledged but at the same time there's there's the the wonderful people outweigh that by tenfold i have to yeah. believe that and um and yeah and we're seeing huh. it more and more now so and, and that that yeah. mirror you know that that marriage between comics being fun comics being enjoyable and comics teaching you something comics being progressive comics you know they having a message you know political taking Mm -hmm, a political mm -hmm. stand they go hand in hand Mm -hmm, for me mm -hmm. and i think that's um it's something that's that's vital for for the industry to keep moving in that direction um yeah for all of us not Mm. just this industry you know 
Yeah, yeah. Matt, that's beautifully said. I, you know, I actually, that's a great, uh, I think, um, opening to ask you for your own creative work um, as a writer and podcaster about comics. Are there things this coming year that you, you know, hope to see develop or directions you want to take your own work as a reader and, a, a, you know, I don't know what we are, critics, journalists, <laughs> yeah, commenta- yeah. commentary, I don't know, what are we, but, um, I, you know, do, yeah. are, are there things that you, you're, you're, resolutions for yourself for this coming year about how you do this work yeah i think um continuing on from from what i was saying really is the the idea of 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 pushing myself and challenging myself to read to read more you know to to borrow your phrase to to read widely you know and i think that's that's never Mm, been mm -hmm, more mm. never been more easy and it's never been uh, more important to kind of seek Mm, out mm, those mm. things and to and to read beyond uh, what I'm used to um, and right. you know the, the two sides of it is the fact that you know I've grown up with superhero comics as a lot of us have um, and also mm-hmm. being a, a regular weekly reviewer of comics uh, and a comics critic means that I I get I get caught in the trap of just reading single issues and reading review copies and kind of being caught in that mm-hmm. kind of um, you know that that kind of machine really of just of, yeah, of kind of right. being swept up in the direct market that I miss or the last year I have missed quite a lot of work that um that are that are brilliant you know pieces like like my favorite thing is monsters you know potentially mm, mm. this time last year I wouldn't have wouldn't have noticed that uh, whereas now I made a concerted effort to notice it and I hope over the coming year I continue doing that um I got a lot mm, of a um, mm. lot of good books for Christmas that I wanted to dive into um you know awesome. uh, Tilly Walden is is now my absolute favorite <laughs> um, yeah oh I, she's uh, great yeah, yeah I read uh, I love this part which was a short um oh, short book so that good, she yeah. put, which was uh, you know gorgeous piece of work you know heartbreaking beautiful yeah. piece of work that yeah. I, uh, actually I you know I wrote about it for for Multiversity Comics recently in the last week or two yeah um, yeah. and uh, Spinning as well which is the latest work which is um, mm. which is equally brilliant um, in you know in, mm. in many different ways um, and got um, This One Summer by Gillian and uh, Mariko Tamaki um, and mm. uh, mm-hmm. Day Tripper uh, by Fabio Moon and Gabriel Barr um, books that awesome. I have not read um, yet but um, but can't wait to, to yeah. dive into and I want to continue that really um, and as yeah, for yeah. as for the journalism, or as we keep saying journalism, as for the, the you know the critic side of things, as for my own yeah, kind of output, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I'm really looking forward to continuing this show. That's the issue um, for Multiversity, yeah. continuing to reach a wider audience. My my own my goal with the show has always been the same. It's it's always about you know speaking to as many different people as possible, getting to know these people through the issues that they love, making new connections, making new friends, um, and just kind of um you know expanding into the comics community that uh, that means so much to me um and so mm. i hope to you know me and wes uh, hope to continue doing that through this next year on a uh, on a new you know a new site um with hopefully the potential to to reach more people just so we can kind of continue yeah. that quest really um yeah mm. so those are my kind of uh, my kind of resolutions almost uh, for the coming year uh, what yeah. about uh, what about some awesome. of your own yeah. Well, first of all, I feel an urgency to end this conversation because I'm talking to somebody who has in his possession Day Tripper and just told me that he hasn't read it. So I'm like, why am I even talking to you? I, I need know. to stop. You doing? need to go read Day Tripper right now. <laughs> but it's yeah, that is an awesome work. The Tamakis obviously are are incredible. And I um I, I love I love this part and spinning. So mm-hmm. echoing you on that. And I and uh, I, I, I want to send you a city inside because. That's also a gorgeous and quite different piece of work from from Walden. Yeah, I feel like she deserves a lifetime achievement award already for all these works, even though she's like twenty 
one. She's disgustingly <laughs> young. She, uh, it's not even yeah, worth thinking exactly. about. She's yeah. she's far too talented yeah. and far too young. It's uh, it makes me sick. No, <laughs> I've wasted my life. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, what have I been doing in the extra exactly. ten or so years that I have on her? What have I what have I been doing? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I I for one am, am uh, really looking forward to the pod. You know, that's the issue uh, as it as it develops this year with you and Wes and. Uh, you know this ongoing exchange I think between you and me mm. I, I, I really enjoy this um, but for myself as far as whatever this work is and and we should find ourselves a, a, a friendly label um, of comics writing and criticism and <laughs> yeah. journalism like things that's right yeah <laughs> I um, I was reading over the, the the winter holiday a book um, by Anne Hornaday who's the I think the posts Washington Post's um, film film editor film critic something like that mm-hmm. and she has a book called talking pictures um it's, it's how to watch movies is sort of the subtitle and i think she had a series of articles uh, along those lines and um she uh describes in her introduction this this advice she got from another journalist david friedman which he he, he got actually originally from Goethe. so this is <laughs> this is some classical stock to this advice but basically um you know, the, the, the idea is to ask yourself three questions before you write a review, which is what is the artist trying to achieve? And then did they achieve it? And then finally, was it worth doing? And so that, that really made me think a lot about, I, I actually, you know, I, I like the quote because it, it confirms my own, uh, <laughs> my own uh, pr- predilections. And that's always the best <laughs> stuff that, <laughs> the stuff that just confirms what you already believe. No, um, <laughs> but I think that the notion that, criticism um ought to like i think conscientious criticism ought to take each work on its own terms you know mm-hmm. like what is the creator trying to do if you if this is a work of of um kaiju <laughs> if this is a work of um you know uh, a dark you know um dark comedy if this is a work of a uh, frivolous superhero you know punch punch kick kick (laughs) or or is this a work of sort of like serious um literary gravity you know whatever it is that the work is trying to do to judge it on its own terms and whether or not it accomplishes that for you as a reader and then you can also question you know are its own terms worthwhile or not you know you can ask that question okay I, i went with you on this and let's let's see if you did the job that you hope to do for me as a reader and then to really pull back and after having done that ask the question was that worth doing you know like where are we as a a society a culture as a readership and did we need that um right now and i and so i mean i think that got me thinking a lot about the 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 role of the critic in in society and you know i think for me personally it made me think that i want to in my comics writing and work to to just be more more engaged, uh, and in some ways, being more engaged meaning also requiring being less engaged. And so, like you, I I think uh, I I don't read, uh, you know, I don't keep up as well as I'd like to, but I think I'm just <laughs> becoming okay with that, uh, becoming less caught up with, um, let's say, Marvel and DC week to week. Yeah. And and I think, uh, like you're saying, reading widely, um, for me, that means uh, expanding my menu of like European comics and, and comics from Latin America and other parts of the world and uh, and also reading more widely in manga. But it, 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 as you said, it's been the mission statement of um, of comic syllabus to read widely and, and also to dig deep, um, to have breadth, but also, um, you know, have that breadth be meaningful by by digging for depth and uh and so you know expanding 
and and maybe more articulating more clearly what my critical approach is is uh, is kind of the mission for the year. But um, maybe you know goal number one of this year: talk to Matt Loon more. That's <laughs> that's a good <laughs> that's resolution. The best, thing, <laughs> best thing for me this year. So yeah, but it'll be fun. I mean, I I, I am really enjoying doing this uh, with you and also in public, uh, learning, figuring out how to. Um, how to make the most of our readership in our engagement in comics. And I think that's, you know, that's the mission. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why yeah. our um, our two shows work well as companion pieces uh, in, such a, yeah. in such a good way or the way that we're hoping them to. Uh, absolutely. Because, right. you know, we share similar sentiments about uh, about what we what we aspire to be, what we hope for our own uh, for our own reading, our own experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also just to kind of bring that exposure to to comics and comics criticism and you know comics mm-hmm, landscape mm-hmm. but also creators uh, as well um, and getting to know yeah. them for me and you know you know my my show tends to you know speak to the the individual getting to know them through the issues that they love mm-hmm. and as a as a, mm-hmm. a great companion piece is yours is to to dig deep into their the works that they do and to to look mm-hmm. at the um you know the their place in in comics and their place in um in history almost you know so i think uh, mm-hmm, we're mm-hmm. we're really i'm really looking forward to the work we do together you know resolution mind absolutely yeah. is uh, similarly to to talk to you more as well um and to uh, <laughs> and to kind of explore that uh, that landscape together definitely yeah yeah well, Matt, this has been fun. I mean, you know, definitely more to to say, but uh, yeah. we'll have opportunity to do that. So, yes, definitely. As uh, always, cheers. we could. Uh, <laughs> yeah, cheers to you. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely stolen that. <laughs> <laughs>